Welcome back to another episode of the Property Management Show, where we deep dive into the world of property management and entrepreneurship. Your hosts are Marie Tepman and Brittany Jones with Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, Four and Half has helped hundreds of property managers get more owner leads through digital marketing. Whether you need help with a website, SEO, social media, video, content, pay-per-click advertising, even online reputation. We, you name it, we can help you. Visit 4andhalf.com to learn more and start growing your property management business today. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. Today's special guest is Byron Thompson from Monument Real Estate in Cleveland, Ohio. Byron, I think it's your first time on the show, right? So a big welcome to you. Thank you very much, Maria and Brittany. I am very honored to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, when we met you in person, uh, I think broker owner, was it? Right? Yeah. yeah. So you were talking to us about how you've been a listener to the podcast. And um, yeah, we're so excited to have you on not the listener side, but the guest side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a cool chair to be in because usually I'm just, you know, on my couch on the laptop listening and soaking up all the information from your, your podcast. So uh, this is a different, you know, different chair to be in, but it's cool. I like it. Appreciate it. Yeah. And you're actually here to give us information that I don't think we've covered in the past on our show. And, you know, like for our guests to get a bit more context about you, can you um, talk a bit more about your company and kind of like the market that you found yourself in property management? Of course. Uh, I own and operate Monument Real Estate Management. We are based out of Cleveland, Ohio. We manage properties. Uh, the bulk of the portfolio is in Cleveland, but also in Columbus as well. And we have recently expanded into the Carolinas. So we are always growing, always looking opportunities and uh, the uniqueness about Cleveland is what we have coined or I've coined as the urban market, which has some different variables than other markets uh, in other in other cities. Yeah. And speaking of like Cleveland being different, um, you know, you recently finished your book all about investing in the urban real estate market, which is you know, like not typically the market that all the influencers and all the speakers talk about um, when it comes to conferences or podcasts. So, you know, it's like the road less traveled. Can you share a bit more about how you found yourself in that like niche? Absolutely. I uh, really began in 2016. I got my realtor license and uh, was kind of fortunate to immediately start working with investors that had a you know very turkey program they had done a lot of work in other cities in the country and they came to cleveland and so while i was working with them as their realtor and they were buying you know 15 20 30 houses a month it just really grew my education not only in real estate but then they asked me to do property management which uh, i first said no way <laughs> Uh, but then they, they persuade me. So then that's how we really started Monument and grew it and learned about the differences in, you know, a city like Cleveland, which 
again, the urban market we've defined in three different factors. Uh, one is just the overall economic condition of the city. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it is you know poor, tend to be a poor city. Uh, crime rates, um, uh, housing, employment, those things are usually, well, crime is higher, but all those other ones are lower. So uh, you often find that is one factor, uh, deferred maintenance of the asset, uh, which means that these homes are older. Sometimes they're 60, 70, sometimes 100 years old. And then also just the heavy government compliance that comes with uh, management in these cities. Uh, so you have more you know, Section 8 inspections, uh, sometimes more transient and more evictions. So you have to learn how to navigate through all of those variables. And we've identified and done our research uh, on similar cities uh, like Birmingham, like Memphis, like Detroit. So all of these are uh, very similar but also have, uh, you know, their own unique set of challenges when it comes to management and investing. Yeah. And, you know, like it's really interesting how very specifically you defined an urban real estate market in the book, because, um, you know, I'd been in this space for a while. And much like you mentioned in the book, the my definition of urban was pretty much kind of like based on crime and um, I really like how specific you were in defining like, well, what does what the qualities are really for it to be an urban real estate market. And uh, a big part of that is like CND properties. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of my takeaways from the book was that, you know, CND properties are kind of like stocks, high risk, high reward, mm-hmm. um, whereas A and B are more like bonds, which is like slower yield, but you're a lot more safe in your asset. And so. I've heard a lot of speakers in the past talk about, you know, focusing on A and B is better because you have less headaches, you have less risk, um, you have less danger for your staff. And so, you know, you are specializing in the urban market. You wrote a book all about, you know, focusing on that area. What makes these urban markets um, lucrative for, first of all, property management um, and then lucrative for investors? Yep. It's a great question. So for property management, it's just the overall number and it's the volume uh, because these markets tend to be, you know, heavily uh, impacted by investors and most of them will be out of state or even out of the country. So, you know, investors, obviously, you know, some of them have the appetite for high risk, high reward. It's a, you know, it's a very heavy cash flow and cash positive uh, investment. So, that's what makes it attractive as a property manager. If you can grow that volume and have that reputation to gain the trust of the investor because of the risk. And again, investors like it because a lot of times, uh, you know, just the ROI is, you know, unmeasured by other cities. So they'll come from literally all over the world. And our job as property managers uh, is to obviously manage the asset and make sure that they're getting their returns. But what I've found is it also is our job to educate them because a lot of times, you know, it, it'll look, you know, everything what is everything that shines isn't gold. Um, and there are a lot of people, uh, you know, that will just sell you a property and then you'll never see them again. But, you know, as the property manager, we're here with you along this entire real estate journey. So it's about educating and making sure that we provide the right expectations for all of our investors. 
That's great. And so um, I remember reading in your book that the low prices of the properties in these markets really attract investors that want to make a quick buck. And so how, like, how have you dealt with those people with a, basically the wrong mindset when coming into real estate investing? What we have decided to do was keep them informed as much as possible. So we have quarterly, uh, you know, uh, assessment reports and really show them uh, about their asset, show them, again, the deferred maintenance. Um, and, and we get into it in our book. Unfortunately, a lot of times these investors don't do their due diligence. And so what we want to make sure is that they you know, have every detail that they need, not only about the asset itself, but about the market and about the conditions. And then we can talk market trends. So we really try to dive deeper than what we say property management 1.0 is, you know, collecting rent and you know, handling work orders. But let's show you how that asset is going to perform over the next five years. Let's talk about where, you know, other areas close by that are up and coming. So that's how we try to approach it and keep them one step ahead of the game. And so have you had to let go of some owners because they're too stubborn? How'd that go? I, I don't know one property manager that hasn't had to let go of, of someone. Uh, so I, that is one thing that I've really been, you know, I, I appreciate as my growth has happened over these last several years is the power of saying no and the power of really learning and knowing your client. And that is one thing that as a team, we've really focused on over the last couple of years is knowing our, you know, our ideal client. And then we really have a good grasp on that right now. So it's a you know, short answer is yes. And we've gotten really good now that within maybe, you know, the first 10 minutes of, of a sales call, you know, just letting them know that we might not be the best fit for them. And we understand that we might not be the best fit because we have streamlined a lot of processes. And again, that goes back to, you know, that volume game that we, you know, we would like to give the best service to everyone. But we know our model works when we have very streamlined processes and automation. Would you say that that's the processes, processes, processes is why the biggest reason you turn away people or fire them or however we want to say it, because they don't want to follow like your rules or I don't know, the the, the standard process? I hate to say it like that. I think that it comes down to uh, expectations and what we try to do is set those up front, um, you know, not too long ago, we just onboarded a larger portfolio and we definitely understand that, you know, every client wants to feel like a, you know, a VIP client, but we had a very detailed onboarding process, which is very critical, um, just to set expectations and say, Hey, this is what, how this works. And then we move on to this step. And we really don't like to deviate that because we are the professionals here and we do trust the processes that we've had for a long time. And just make sure that they were aligned with that. And it was very successful, but I didn't think it would have been successful because you could tell on those first couple of phone calls, it's like, okay, let's let's align with expectations first and then everything will be much smoother. So after that, it really, it really isn't a problem. Yeah, I really like the way you put that. So out of curiosity, do you typically find that when, by the time an investor um, or See, you know, urban market property owner reaches out to you. They've already acquired the property, or they're jumping from a not so nice existing relationship. Yep you you really get a mix of everything. 
And again, I, I appreciate both because it gives me a chance. And I still take most of the sales calls just because I love to hear from all these investors in different places that they're coming from. So for the investor that is very new to the market or hasn't even acquired the property yet, um, we can show our resourcefulness by you know, aligning them with real estate agents in our brokerage. We can have them talk to different people. So we really want to educate them first about the market, not necessarily the asset. For the investor that is transitioning, you know, with a you know an asset that's already occupied or that already has the the home, um, that is more about the asset. So we really want to before we onboard it. We want to go in there, and this is a mistake I made way a long time ago. You know, it was fun to just take on any property, and then you realize, right? Oh, there's there's a water tank missing, and there's a tenant in there, and that's a whole bunch of liabilities. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so then it's more about the asset and saying, hey, do we really want to take this on, or if we take this on, here's some issues that are going to need to be addressed in this thirty, sixty, ninety, you know, one hundred eighty day time frame. Um, so that's kind of the difference, but it's really a mix of everyone. Mm -hmm. It's really great. Um, and then one of the insights that um, really resonated with me was the idea that people define, different people define wealth differently. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always believed in that old like saying that you need money to make money, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then reading your book, you were very... Um, firm with how that's not necessarily the case. Um, so, you know, do you mind sharing with our listeners kind of like that, that insight and what led you to, to that insight and why you, you know, why that is such a big uh, part of kind of like how you look at, you know, real estate investing? Yeah, I, I really believe that it all, it all comes down to defining what you want first and knowing yourself and knowing your temperature for things. And then the very next thing, and this may be a cliche, but what has helped me is just the relationships that you can build. And it is amazing that as you just put it out, put things out there to the universe, you know, as I say, you know, you, you talk about it or you build it, it'll come. And to me, that's where the wealth mindset starts is just believing that anything is possible. And after a few times of, because trust me, there have been times when I'm like, wow, I actually did that or it actually worked out. <laughs> and it would never have happened if I didn't speak it to into existence and then align myself with the right people and have the right team and always trying to do the right things for other people first to where things will fall in your lap or opportunities will present themselves that again, don't necessarily mean that you have to cut a check for. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in sweat equity also and saying, Hey, how can I help you? And knowing that, you know, that karma will come right back to me. And that is, that's been kind of my secret sauce for, you know, that mindset and for, for gaining uh, success. Yeah. I mean, speaking of things just working out, like if any of our listeners want to pick up Byron's book, so it's called, um, it's called Your Guide to Investing in the Urban Real Estate Market. So he shares how he he and his wife jumped in headfirst into real estate full time with a newborn daughter. Was it? And she was like, uh, even worse. Uh, she was pregnant at the time. So <laughs> imagine telling your pregnant wife, hey, honey, I quit my job. 
and um, no benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to, you know, liquidate our 401ks and everything's going to be great. We're going to ride off into the sunset. Right. Literally the very first two months of us buying our first real estate property, we had a $10,000 issue. And, you know, so, yeah, so it was like the worst time. So, uh, you know, imagine, uh, you know, the the dinner conversations at that time. Uh, But she was pregnant wife with a pregnant wife. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Again, don't don't follow everything I do. <laughs> um, but it, it worked out for the best because, you know, I had her support and we had a lot of faith. And again, we had relationships built and and we worked hard. Um, you know, things happened because we did put the work. Um, so by the grace of by the grace of God, we're here. So <laughs> Yeah. And you know, like it's it's really wonderful. Um, kind of not just reading the book for the insights, but also kind of getting to know like you and your journey. Uh, what made you decide to write this book? Oh, it was just a culmination of all of the pain, the pain points, the triumphs of just real estate in general. So owning our own portfolio and making so many mistakes there and finding a lot of success there, working with people literally again from all over the world and seeing where they make mistakes and seeing where you can help them working with contractors, working with, you know, tenants and learning their lifestyles and, and judges and magistrates and bailiffs. And so I was literally going to go crazy if I didn't get this all out. So it, I, I never really set, set out to say, Hey, I, I want to write a book, but once I started the process and I really started taking it seriously, you know, from the jump, um, meaning that I literally read a book on how to write a book <laughs> and then followed the processes of reading different books on, you know, this industry subject. And what I really, I guess, came to was that I could help a lot of these people. I could help educate and I could be a small, small piece of the puzzle of their success in their real estate journey. And that was fulfilling enough for me to continue on and push through uh to to complete the the book yeah and i know that you wrote the book um to be read by like would-be investors right or maybe existing investors who may not really understand what they're getting into but i felt like there was still value for property managers who may be thinking of expanding into the urban market and so do you have any additional advice to like maybe property managers or business owners listening about the urban market? Absolutely. And it goes back to what we were talking about before. And this is uh, just kudos to it's, it's continuous education. I think one of the best things that I decided to do just uh, very recently was join NARPM. And you can only grow when you're around industry leaders like yourself. So that is uh, a point that I've made to really be vested in education in our craft. And what I've learned is that you, you know, everybody knows you have to get the right people on the team, but automation is definitely key, especially when you have so many variables in the urban market, you need to have, you know, some type of narrow pathway so that things don't go awry. So it's, it's just continuous education in your craft forever. And would you have any kind of guidelines for property management companies who may not be a good fit 
for the urban market? Because like you said, you know, ideal client. Perfect. I think for property managers, it's important to, again, what they teach you, it's, it's more important for revenue per door and not just volume of door. So if you can maximize the, you know, the profitability per door and know which door works and also make it more efficient, what I've come to learn is that is 10 times more effective than just saying, well, hey, I managed a thousand properties. Okay, well, how are we how are we making money for property managers? Because, you know, that's what we're here to do. Um, how are we doing that? And how are we giving the best service, not only to our owners, but also to our tenants? So if that's kind of the, you know, the trifecta, if you will, it's revenue per door and, uh, you know, service to owners and tenants, that would be my my main giveaway to any property management, especially in the urban market. That's great. And so if there are any listeners who may want to reach out to you for questions, advice, or they want to pick up your book, you want to give them some details? Yeah, sure. It's, uh, same said, I didn't know if you were going to say this, but this is what the book looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I had it ready. Uh, but it's on our website at www.monumentmgt dot com it's also available on amazon now as well so uh we are really excited just to get the information out and again help new investors old investors uh you know anyone that is considering coming into these very niche markets we want to set them up for success and we definitely believe that this book you know captured that. that's great by the way I read the book not knowing that um, what the intro was going to be, and I happened to be eating. That is probably trigger one warnings. Not trigger, one. trigger warning. Do yes. not be eating when you start reading the book. So, uh, <laughs> one, of my, uh, <laughs> one of my all time favorite movies is uh, Saving Private Ryan. And we know how that movie just starts out really raw and gritty. And so, uh, you know, that. Inspiration. Yeah. 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 So, but it's it's really me, and I wanted to give the you know the the readers just a flavor of my personality, uh, because you know why wouldn't? Yeah, it's awesome. it also it also paints a really good picture of what what property management is, especially if you're like not, you know, you're not really you don't really have an idea of like what yeah. you're doing. It's not for the faint of heart. And I've seen a lot of property managers come and go. I've seen a lot of mom and pops. And it was just my will to overcome so many obstacles that kept us here and kept me trying to learn and evolve. And um, it was with my team. And I'm, I'm really proud of, of that, how we, we stuck to it and kept going and made mistakes and corrected mistakes. So um, that's what I'm all about is just progress and keep going. There's really appreciate you being our guest today byron dropping all of those insights and sharing a bit more about you know your experience and your company and your book thank you so much i am very honored to be on i, I watch you too all the time you have one of the best podcasts out here so thank you very much for having me thank you thank you yep
And that's all we have for this episode of the Property Management Show brought to you by 4&Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have helped hundreds of property managers like you get more owner leads through marketing from websites, SEO, video, content, online reputation, pay-per-click ads, social media, you name it, we can do it. Visit 4andhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. If you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, feel free to reach out to us by emailing marketing at 4andhalf.com. If you enjoyed this episode or you're enjoying our podcast in general, go ahead, show us some love by going on to your favorite podcast app and leaving us a rating or review. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.